and Zedekiah rules for like 10, 11 years, and then he decides to turn on Nebuchadnezzar. So when I talked about last week that Nebuchadnezzar didn't have intentions of destroying Jerusalem, but because of their rebellion, Zedekiah's rebellion, that caused Nebuchadnezzar to get mad. All right, so verse 3. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men, in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand, who had ability to serve the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Alright, so let's start right there. So, Nebuchadnezzar wanted some Jews who were not just any Jews. He wanted people of royal descent. Why? Because people, the, 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 the children of the royal descent will carry themselves differently. They won't, they won't carry themselves just like anybody. So you could take somebody in one area of the inner city and then take somebody from the suburbs, they're going to carry themselves two different ways. Right? Two different upbringings, two different mindsets, two different households, and they're going to carry themselves differently. And Nebuchadnezzar, and the reason why I talked about this months ago, where even when military or police, you're looking for people to fill special units, it's not always the most athletic, the strongest, because you may not have the mindset on what they're looking for. Right? So even when you're dealing, let's look at the Army Special Forces. When I deployed, that's who I deployed with, it wasn't always the strongest it wasn't always the most knowledgeable, but sometimes it's people who would think outside the box. All right, so, I, I, and I'll, I'll bring in more modern day. Uh, well, I guess semi-modern day, but, uh, you know, we all heard of Jackie Robinson, right? So, Jackie Robinson, uh, first black baseball player, broke the color barrier. So, Branch Rickey was the person for the Dodgers that brought Jackie Robinson in. The thing about it is, to do what he did, he had to find somebody that would be right for the situation. Why? Because he couldn't have somebody. There were more talented baseball players than Jackie Robinson. There were stronger baseball players than Jackie Robinson. There were faster baseball players than Jackie Robinson. But Jackie Robinson had a different mindset. Why? Because Branch Rickey knew that Jackie Robinson would have to take some verbal abuse. He couldn't just have somebody in there that was going to rise up and say, nope, you can't say that to me, or charge you to the stands, or the opposing team, or even his own teammates. It, it, it couldn't be that way. So he needed somebody who was long-suffering. Somebody who was long-suffering that would be able to take the verbal abuse that he took. That's why he couldn't just pick anybody for that. And, and, and you know what? Jackie Robinson, there were some other black baseball players that were upset because they knew they were better baseball players than Jackie Robinson. And they had proven themselves on the field. But they weren't of the right mindset for that position. Same thing with Daniel and, and the other Jews here that were taken. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't take anybody to go into the royal palace because we have to understand he was he was grooming and shaping his people not just to be servants <laughs> but to serve. And we have to also understand it wasn't just Jews that he captured. He captured other people. So he, what he did was actually build and strengthen his kingdom by appointing these, uh, appointing these Jews like this. So he had a variety of things. And we have to understand that Nebuchadnezzar didn't just say, y'all can't worship God. No, he let them worship God. 
problem was he wanted to be worshipped too. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that 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 was the difference. So just like today, you know, we can worship Jesus, <laughs> but sometimes they want us to take Jesus out. Look no further than Christmas, right? Merry Christmas used to be okay years ago to say, but now it's what happy holidays. And sometimes they may let you say Merry Xmas, and as Christians we shouldn't even say that. We shouldn't even say Merry Xmas, but we do have Christians today that will say Merry Xmas, but we shouldn't say that because that's still taking Christ out of it, mm -hmm. you know. But they, the 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 society, the government. Our jobs will have us take Christ out of it. They'll allow us to worship God. They'll allow us to go to church. But when they want us to do certain things, now they want to take Christ out of it. Why? Because Christ is a difference maker. But see, we can't get caught up. The reason why we don't need to get in the uproar, because you know what? They allow other religions to do stuff. So as long as they allow other religions to do stuff, we can still do stuff. That's right. You know, so we, we don't have to be... Bold, and, 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 and what I mean by bold is being brazen and abrasive is what I mean. Yeah, because we just need to follow Christ and be obedient. Because that's what Daniel did. Even Daniel was here in his wickedness. Doesn't mean he condoned what they did. See, we don't condone what they did. See, God never called us to come out of the society and away from sinners. He did. Because why? Because we're the salt and we're the light. We're supposed to have an influence. And one thing I'll share with my wife today is this. Today's time, today's society is actually great harvest time. Great harvest time. There's so many people that are hurting in the world today. So many people that are looking for answers today. But we have the answers. But at the same time, we can't be pushy with it neither. And we're going to get to some of that later on. Alright, so let's go to verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. And three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. So three years, they had to learn, like I said, the Babylonian ways, their culture, their literature, occultic things. They had to learn it. They had to sit up on that. Now, if this was today, people would be like, I'm not learning this. I'm not. But see, God has a plan. God has a plan to get his people on the inside. Because we can be an influence on those that don't know him. And that was what Daniel was called to do. See, because Daniel had an influence. Every king that Daniel served up under, he had an influence to lead him to God. He, he, did. he had an influence to lead him to God. But if he was rebellious and said, no, nah, I don't want to serve it, then what would have happened? See, because Daniel, I always say this, Daniel was an Old Testament saint with New Testament characteristics. Because he was a man that was before his time. He was a man of humility. He was long-suffering. He was faithful. He was faithful not only to God, but faithful to the job that the kings gave him. Not just Nebuchadnezzar, but also uh, Cyrus and the King Darius as well. He was faithful. Alright, so let's keep going. Where was that? Verse 6. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name of the name Belshazzar, to Ananias Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. So you see there right there that who gave them names? The, the chief of the eunuchs, not Nebuchadnezzar, because sometimes when we teach this we say Nebuchadnezzar gave them names, but it's actually the chief of the eunuchs that gave them names. Verse 8. 
But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chiefs of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, are we purposing in our heart not to be defiled by the things of this world? See, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not be defiled by the physical things, but are we purposing in our heart not to be defiled by the spiritual things that we come across? Not to be defiled, not placing certain things in our ears, not watching certain things, not being around certain things. Again, in the world, not of the world. In Babylon, not of Babylon. So we have the purpose in our heart. Because, actually, another conversation me and my wife had this week, you know, we all know about the Nazarites, and one thing I showed my wife this week is that not every Jew was required to take the Nazarite vow. And, and I said that to say that, you know, there are some things that some people, some Christians are going to get away with that I cannot get away with. There's some things I will not put before me that other Christians may put before them. But then, we always want to say, I want power, I want God to use me. I want to be anointed. I want to be, and not really, really anointed because we're all anointed as believers, but I want to enter in, into different areas of ministries, whether it's prophetic, whether it's deliverance. There are certain things that we can't place before our eyes, certain things we can't do. And we have to be basically immune to certain things. And yeah, other Christians may do certain things. Other Christians may watch certain things. But that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't mean we do it. Because, you know what? They may be okay being carnal. They may be okay. But I'm not okay with me being carnal. Because God has not called me to that. God doesn't want me to that. So, it's the same thing with us fulfilling our plans and our purposes that God has called us for. Because the plans and the purpose that God called Daniel for, Daniel had to be obedient. Daniel had to be strong. Daniel, again, had to be long-suffering to do those things. So sometimes, some people may be able to go into certain areas because God called them into those areas. But everybody can't go into those areas. So it's not everybody, every Christian's place to study and pray and do demonic battles and activities that because you may not be equipped to handle that. See, sometimes we want to do those things, but the fact that we don't discipline ourselves. And then when demons start speaking, now we want to go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to wonder what did God call you to that? Yeah. <clears throat> See, because we, 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 we always, we, we want the things that's going to give us the spotlight a lot of time, mm -hmm. you know, but we don't want to put in the work. <clears throat> we don't, we don't want to have the discipline for those things. And we can't do that. It's not, it, it's, it's not okay. Right? You, you can't, you can't talk about you want to be going to deliverance. Well, let me say, some people say they want to be delivered by some things, but they don't want to give up certain things. So if you don't want to give up certain things, then you don't want to be delivered. You know, and, and then they stay stuck. And then they want it, and then they keep coming back. Well, I keep dealing, I keep having to deal with this, I keep having to deal. Well, what are you doing? Because you're going back to your bond. Yeah. And, and that's not what God's calling you to do. No, you need to come up out of the gutter. And you need to come up. It, same thing with the young lady I talked about. Same, same thing where she keeps going back. Mm -hmm. See, she says she wants to be delivered, but she really doesn't. Because she keeps going back. Mm -hmm. And now it's become a crutch to her. Mm -hmm. See? 
So, same thing with those that want to go into deliverance ministry. You can't go into deliverance ministry, but yet you're still bound by this and that. It doesn't work like that. It, 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 right. it can't work like that. So, basically, like, you know, just like Daniel purposing up, we have to purpose in our heart. We, we can't sit up here and, and say, well, no, it's a bad decision. It's a bad choice you made. No, it, sin is sin. Yeah. Right? There, there's no alternative word for it. Sin yeah. is sin. So we got to stop making excuses, and we have to purpose in our heart, just like Daniel did. And see, that's why Daniel was, was able to have a focus. So even though Nebuchadnezzar sent him over the magicians in there, he didn't get caught up in that. He stayed true to God. He stayed focused. So just because Nebuchadnezzar put him over those things doesn't mean he agreed with those things. Amen. Verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into, into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age then you would endanger my head before the king. So now the master of the eunuch is afraid of Nebuchadnezzar, rightfully so, because the master of the eunuch does not know God. So unlike Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, they were not afraid of Nebuchadnezzar because they had a relationship with God. And it's important for us to have a relationship with God. See, yeah. the Babylonian culture doesn't want us to have a relationship with God. They, 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 they allow us to have the religion, but not the relationship. Alright, verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the truth of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days, and, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Notice Daniel's humility here. He doesn't say, no, do this. No, do that. Because we're going to talk about somebody that does do that today. But God doesn't want us doing that. Why? Because that actually takes away our witness. Uh, verse 13. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all, your young, than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Now, you know, if you fasted for a long period of time, that's actually a miracle right there. <laughs> so that, that, that normally does not happen. All right, verse 17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm, Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. So Daniel continued from the time of a young teenager all the way to 80-something years old. Wow. All before these kings. Now you know a, a conquering king 
So we know the Babylonians were conquered by the Medo-Persians. And guess what? God's favor was still upon Daniel. And it was only because of God's favor that Daniel got into the position. Daniel and the three evil boys got into the position that they got into. So now, sometimes, this is why we don't have to suck up and do things. We just need to obey God. Amen. See, God has a plan and Amen. a purpose for each Amen. and every one of us. Amen. And we have to be in position for that. But if we try to do things the way culture says to do things, then we'll suck up. Then we'll try to cheat our way into the, into the things. No, we just need to be obedient to God and God will always make a way. So we don't have to try to cheat the system in anything. God has our back. Why? Because God knows the end from the beginning. God knows the heart of man. Just like God knew the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. And that's why God warned them, don't rebel, surrender, and go to them. But what did they do? They rebelled. And they, they got killed. They got tortured. Homes got burned. But see, God knew the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. For as wicked and as evil as he was, God was still in control. Because God is sovereign. So it doesn't matter who is the leader of whatever country, because God is in control. Amen. God is in control. So we always have to remember that. All right. So, like I said, Babylonian culture offers religion. All right. So religion says we can go, and like I said, have a relationship with God, go to church, and head there. But the minute we start to mention Jesus and relationship with him, now society has a problem with that. Okay? But, again... We don't have to be forceful with it. Right? We, we have to be gentle. Gentle is the way. So, like I said last week, Daniel would probably be criticized in today's society by a lot of Christians. He probably would be criticized. Oh, you are, you're working for that man of idolatry. You're working for that man that uses witchcraft. You're working for that man that destroyed and killed your people, burned your home. You know, but Daniel was just being obedient to what God wanted him to do. What the true prophets were prophesying. So Daniel was obeying the word of the Lord. Same thing with three evil boys. Alright, so today, when we get around wickedness, whether it's leaders, whether it's people, we tend to isolate ourselves. We tend to isolate ourselves from the wickedness out there. But God doesn't want us to isolate ourselves. He actually wants us to infiltrate. See, because if we infiltrate, now we can have an influence. See, I can have an influence on people. And you know what? I don't even have to say, Jesus, Jesus, because they're watching me. They're watching me. And I can tell you now, even I'm in the midst of people, and they witness to other people. And some of them not even say, <laughs> only because of my character. Amen. Only because of my character. Amen. So I don't have to go around saying this, Jesus, this, and beating them down. Because we're not supposed to beat it down their throats. We're not supposed to beat it down. Which, why? Because if we do that, that's not love. That's not love. And see, it's almost like sometimes we do that. Sometimes the intentions are right. The intentions are right. But the motives may be wrong. Because sometimes we may do it because we insecure. And I, and I, and I, I this is the example I'm going to use. Alright, so we had a, a, a person at work one time. Never mind, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Never mind. Alright, so let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> I had it all set. No, 
Corinthians 13 and 4. Beginning at verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So now I'm going to read that, the same verses again in the New Living Translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. See, so we don't force ourselves on people and say, oh, no, I'm just doing what God wants me to do because it doesn't demand it. You know, love is gentle. All right. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures, and, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. So if we're going to live in this world... We have to exercise and live by love. And it's the God kind of love. And it's a love that is an action-based love. So it's not a love. See, because sometimes, we've all been in church for a long time years. We can see some of the most rudest people in church. Right? They, you know, they'll get before certain people and be like, oh, I love you, I love you. But as soon as the pastor turns his back, they're not talking to brother and sister so-and-so no more. They don't want to hold hands when 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 pass off for hold hands, and then they even even worse outside. Mm -hmm. They even worse outside. That should not be. No. That's not that that's not Christ like, right? That's that what that's going to do is turn people off yeah. from Christ. Yeah. So we're not that, and that's not love. Yeah. See, that's somebody that's bitter. That's that's somebody that's probably hurting on the inside, or. Most likely has has the wrong motives, wrong ideas, because that's somebody whose relationship with Christ is stymied. Now you may get like that when you may feel that way, everyone, but you should not be like that on a weekly or daily basis. Something's wrong with that. Some something is wrong. There's a disconnect because you can't tell me you spend time with God and then you come out acting like that. That's not a God. That's not a God. Alright, so we don't, like I said, we don't, so regardless of what the world does, and we see other religions, you know, let's take, let's take the Muslims, you know, they're very forceful in what they do sometimes, and, and, and they'll argue a lot, you know, not all of them, some of them will argue their point, you know, we as Christians can't be like that, we, we, we shouldn't be like that, again, that's not love, we gotta be gentle, we gotta be gentle. Why? Because love will attract. And see, even if they don't come to Christ, they're going to recognize somebody's different. something's different about us. And see, you know, even if they don't come to Christ and God forbid they, they pass away, you know what? That's something that God will judge them about. Well, I, I, I presented this person to you. Now, if we do it wrong and we show them wrong, what is God going to say to us? Yeah. What is he going to say to us? It's not going to be good. Yeah, not going to be pleased. 
So regardless of who is in charge, who the world says is in charge, we got to remember God is in charge. Always in charge. God has us, no matter what. And see, what happens is we take the freedoms and liberties that we have in this country. See, other Christians in other countries, they don't have that. They, don't, they, they wouldn't do some of the things that Christians do in this country. They, they wouldn't dare do that. And, and, but the thing about it is they actually have a stronger, closer relationship with God than we yeah. do in this country. So that ought to tell us something. And same thing with Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Right? That, they, there's a, who? What, what's the guy's name that was on Voice of the Martyrs? That did Voice of the Martyrs? You probably can't pronounce his name. But when he was cat, I, I saw the cartoon. <laughs> took a cartoon of it. But, uh, you know, when he was captured, I guess it was the head guard, kept being abusive to him. And he wasn't abusive back. And then finally the head guard said, what would make you mad? Something along those lines. And he said, he's not going to get mad at him. He's not going to strike out at him. God had not called him to do that. You know, and I don't remember, I don't think the guard, head guard, Gave his heart to the Lord. But you can see, he was like, just thinking. Like, what is wrong with this? What, what can I do or what should I do to get him mad? And no matter what he did, he would not get mad. He would not get mad. Because he knew, guess what? Regardless of how much that person was a sinner, God still had a love for him. God still had a love for him. And that's what we have to remember. Because, you know, sometimes people do stuff that get me mad. <laughs> and, and I want them to have payback right now. But just because I may want it, God doesn't want it. <laughs> right? So we, we, we can't do that. And, and again, we cannot isolate ourselves from the world because there is a part of the church, the church in this country, that will isolate themselves from the world, from the sin. We, we can't be like that. You know, even in the midst, you think about it, all that went on last summer. How many churches should have been out there? You know, just out there praying. How many churches should have been out there? All of them. But how many were out there? Not many of them. Mm -hmm. Not many of them at all. And the thing about it, so at that time, they couldn't even meet. So you could have been out there prayer walking and doing all that. But nope, you weren't it. You, you weren't doing it. You still, I don't know what you do. <laughs> Have a church on, on TV, right? But there. That was a perfect opportunity. And there are testimonies where people got saved, people got delivered, people got healed, and things like that. You know, because there were some churches out there nationwide that were out there that were doing it. But you have to ask yourself, why were the churches out there? But then, guess what? You still had Christians in the midst of the people rallying and yelling, but not praying. That, that shouldn't be. Because now, that's the way of the Babylonian culture. That's the way of the world. God doesn't want us doing that. All right. So we cannot argue back with people. We don't get riled up at people. Turn to Proverbs 15, uh, verse 1. Turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
I'm seeing so many Christians yell, get angry at people. And I have to ask myself, why? Because scriptures like this, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. See, we learn very quickly, even as a negotiator, if someone's yelling and screaming, I don't yell and scream back. I talk soft. Yes. That's going to bring them down. That's, you know, that, that's going to bring them down. Because guess what? If I start yelling, they're going to keep yelling. They're going to keep yelling, and then I'm going to keep yelling. It's like two spouses <laughs> having an argument. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. And you go back and forth, and nobody gets anywhere until finally one of them calms down. <laughs> that's how we have to be. We, we have to get a soft end. That's love in action. That, that, that's a display of love. You think about it. Christ didn't go around yelling, screaming, because where would his witness be? But we're supposed to be Christ-like. But now, church today, the world will say, well, no, stand up for your rights. Do this. Do that. Say this. Say that. No, I don't see what Christ said that. I don't. Alright, turn to Proverbs 17. Yeah, verse 17. I mean, excuse me, Proverbs 17. Sorry. Alright, Proverbs 17, verse 27 says, He who has knowledge... Spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. That, that was Daniel. Daniel had a calm spirit. Why? He had understanding. We don't have to bicker. We don't have to fight. And guess what? We, as Christians today, we should have an understanding of the word. Verse 28. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts, when he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. So even a fool. So this is why we don't argue, we don't fight, and things like that today. We, 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 we don't have to do those things, okay? See, turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, we'll look at... I'll begin at 51. Luke chapter 9. This is when the Samaritan village rejected Jesus. And look at the disciples' response. And then Jesus' response. So Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 51. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and set messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? Verse 55, But he turned and rebuked them, and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. We have to be careful. And then even in, uh, I believe it's Matthew 10, when he sent, when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, 
He said if they weren't received, just shake the dust off. Keep it moving. Don't, don't keep arguing with them. Just shake the dust off. That's keep right. it moving. See, the world is going to be the world. If they choose to reject them, God will judge them. We don't judge them. But see, this is what we come to do. We judge the world and we let people in the church get away with whatever they want to do. We got people in the world, I mean people in the church that are sinning left and right and we just take them back. We, we, we take them back. Not that we don't love them, but Paul tells us what we're supposed to do to them. See, there's certain things that, you know what? Some Christians need to get the boot. Paul tells us that. Turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. bothers my mind because we had things so backwards now where we'll let pastors get up there and other Christians who are sinning left and right and we make excuses for them and we say that's okay but then when the world does it or let's say even when Clinton did what he did we point the finger and we judge them but you know what he needs Christ too he needs Christ too thank you and see, the people in the church should know better. The people in the world are not going to know better. Why? Because they're being led by their sin. So they don't know how to break the bondage of that sin. But we in the church, we, we do. But yet, we have people who are bound in sin. Alright, so 1 Corinthians 5, starting at um, verse 9. I wrote unto you, this is Paul, writing to the Corinthians, obviously. To the Corinthians. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. So in other words, if we were not to keep company, if Paul was telling us, if God didn't want us to keep company with the sinners, we couldn't live in this world. There's no way we could live in this world. Because everywhere we go, there's going to be sinners. Whether it's to work, our neighbors, the grocery store, amusement park, is going to be sinners everywhere we go. Verse 10. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortionists, or with idolaters, for then... Oh, I, I just read it, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Okay, verse 11, sorry. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called what? A brother. That's a born-again Christian. Be a fornicator or covetous. Alright? So, what does covetous mean? One eager to have more. Okay? That's what that word means. So, all these people who are coveting jets and more and more money, we're not to keep company with them. What else? Or an idolater. Or a railer. Okay? So, what's a railer? I think the New King James Version has reveler. Alright, so that means someone who protests strongly or has harsh words. So, when we hear these pastors, especially these social media pastors, who are criticizing the government this, people this, that's not of God. No, it's not. That's not of God. See, and there is a pastor that, had, and I think I talked about him before, but I don't think I said his name, but I'm going to say it tonight. Pastor Greg Law. Over one million followers just on one social media platform. But it's always out there trying to lead a charge against the government.
but calls himself a pastor. But he's disqualified himself as a pastor a long time ago. And let me tell you how messed up the church is. Okay, so, uh, I think it was a reporter was doing a story on him and apparently caught his car overnight outside at his secretary's house. Okay, this is before he got divorced. He was still married. He married his secretary and, uh, and her husband. And come to find out, once he found out that the photos were going to be released, he decided to announce to the church that he was in love with the secretary. You know what the church did? Clap and applaud. Clap and applaud. But yet this man has over one, over, well over one, I think 1.5 million followers on social media platform. And we wonder why the church has no power, has no effect on the world today. Because we tolerate that. But yet, let's say if the governor did that. What would we do? We would point the finger. But this man who calls himself a pastor should know better. Who was also physically abusive to his wife. But the church applauded that. But that's how low we have come. And what does Paul say here? Not to keep coming. He's given permission to ask community. Now, if they go and they repent, that's one thing. But if they're in that behavior, no. Mm -mm. Alright. Or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within. So in other words, we don't judge those that are without, but we judge those that are within. Oh, wait a minute. What about Matthew 7 and 1? But Paul says here, we're to judge those who are in the church. That's what we're supposed to do, but we don't do that, right? We know, forgive them. Don't judge them. And we've heard pastors say it over and over and over. And then we wonder why we have the weak Christians that we do today. Because of stuff that we allow to happen. Not even stuff. I mean, it's stuff that takes place within the church. Because they're teaching the younger Christians, baby Christians, that it's okay to live that way. Well, it, it, you know what? The stuff's been going on probably for years. But now that we got social media and stuff, we can hear it a lot more. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, but... This stuff shouldn't be. And we got people that they cry for mercy, cry for forgiveness, but don't want to give it mm. to the sinners. And, it, and it's funny how that works. All right, verse 13. But them that are without, God judges. So God, again, that's what I said. God will judge those who are without. We don't judge them. God will judge them. We don't have to judge our governmental leaders. We don't have to judge our co-workers that are unsaved. God judge them. But those that call themselves brothers, sisters of Christ, absolutely would have judged them. Don't let nobody tell you different. Because we don't hold other believers accountable. We don't hold them. And we let them go on and sin, and they go right back and sin, and they go back and sin some more. Over and over and over. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. That's what Paul calls them. Wicked. That's not Rasan saying it. That's Paul saying it. Chapter 11, and mine says, so-called brother. <laughs> One that professes. To I'm glad you said that, because you know what? Just what Jesus called the religious leaders. He called them hypocrites. Yeah. And that word in the Greek means actors, pretenders. Yeah. Amen. They were not displaying the truth. Amen. All right. 
if the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, said the same thing, turn to God. Just as a matter of for as powerful as he is, what would that mean to this world? For him to declare Jesus Christ. What a difference that would be. This is why we're to pray not only for our leaders in this country, but other leaders as well. Or even the leader of uh, what, North Korea. Right? They may do wicked things, but what happens if they repent? What a difference that would be. But see, if Daniel was rebellious to them, if he was rebellious and, and maintained pride and didn't obey the word of the Lord, what would happen? Who knows if Nebuchadnezzar would have repented? We don't know that. See, we, we, we have to be careful on how we respond. Just because we have all, not, not all, take that back, just because we have some ministers today that are telling us to do this, to do No, we're not to do that. We're to do the Word of God. That is the final authority, the Word of God. That is the final authority. That is what we go by, the Word of God. Because if we do those things, then we're, act, act, we're actually responding out of our flesh. And that's not love. That's not love. So, real quick, uh, we know 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, Oh, let me tell you. I didn't write it down. <laughs> that, what? Uh, rebellion... It's like witchcraft.